Hello and welcome to the Maddest Touching. I'm your host Chris Tuster and this is Charlie Bradford. Welcome back to the Midas Touches first episode back after a little break last week. Did you have a nice time in uh, Scotland, Charlie? I had a lovely time in Scotland. We went to the rugby on Saturday at Murrayfield, which was, well, it was a shame they lost, but it was a good game to be at. Very cool. Yeah, it was. Murrayfield was absolutely uh, bouncing. Shame about Luke Cowan-Dickey's um, little mistake, but... You know, in the heat of the moment, we will act on instinct, and uh, I don't think we can really criticise him too much. I'm more questioning why Eddie Jones took off Marcus Smith. First. Yeah, maybe that's not for me to judge. I don't know. It seems like a weird thing to take off your most of influential attacking yeah. player. Well, anyway. I, I saw something. They they sort of thought that you know the game had been won. Uh, let's bring on Ford to tie it up, and then Russell was like. I'm having none of that, mate. No, I mean, I get that. I get that theory. But obviously, the game's not really won when it's exactly. 60 minutes and it's it's 17-10 or whatever yeah. the score was. Like, that's a one score away from being a tied game. That's yeah. a ridiculous thought. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, more. It was a good uh, weekend in, in Edinburgh. Um, let's move on from that and do the news. Nice, okay. Uh, I think you've been looking forward to this, haven't you? I love the news, yeah. Okay, let's kick it off. Obviously, we haven't spoken since the French Open. Rafa Nadal, what a champ. What a champ. He he did, it was an unbelievable game, actually. He did really well to come back, or a match, rather. He did really well to come back. And what a fighter, even at a ripe old age of something. You know. He's old. I think he's at least 30, 37, 38. But it's like all that old guard is still like considerably better than the younger players. Yeah. It's, it's mental. I don't really understand it. Well, I think all of the younger players seem to have like attitude problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a comment on our generation as a whole. One guy who doesn't have an attitude problem, though, Christian Eriksen, back in the Prem. That Amazing story. Best, best story to come out of the transfer window, I think. He, I'm really happy to see him back sort of in the professional football scene obviously got uh released from inter um uh, after heart problems obviously at, at the at the euros but yeah he's back at brentford and, and also quite a nice club to sign him because i quite like brentford i think everyone likes brentford and it'd be quite funny seeing him in a brentford shirt yeah we used to do beekeeping as well so obviously it's extra funny for us <laughs> um funny. uh uh, one guy with <laughs> who needs to sort out his attitude, um, still in power, contrary to what we were saying in our last last episode. Boris Johnson, quick word on him. Yeah, Boris has seen he seems to take another tactic of like just employing his mates now, <laughs> getting a really strong layer of like sort of friends around him to protect him. And uh, I mean, this is was stupid honestly from subtle genius over to music Adele cleans up at the Brits once again good voice great voice I mean I actually controversially or not I don't really like her go easy on me song <laughs> I'm not a big fan but, interesting but I can see how people are fans and I, I would have had someone like Dylan winning it or something probably well yeah that doesn't surprise me at all um, you're not Harry Styles is better than easy on me it is opinion. good 
Well, Dylan, if you're if you're listening, you know you've got a fan in Brad. Uh, and from the O2 to Newby Racecourse, excited for this weekend? Yes, I think you're going, so that's pretty cool. Um, it will be good. I I'm really excited. I sort of like I guess given we were away for the weekend, I almost like didn't really it, I, I didn't really have time to catch up on the racing last weekend. So I'll be happy to sit on the sofa this weekend and and watch it. I've not got any plans. So. Well um good little segment of the news there. Um, I think now is about the time when we have our very uh, lucky no very esteemed guest coming to join us <laughs> yes yeah, um, lucky the the girl who's joining us a woman woman yeah uh who's joining us has really paved away in the last three years in eventing she's had highs and she's also had lows um including a nasty injury that i'm sure she'll tell us about in just a moment she's recently been announced as the 23rd best eventer in the world which at the age of 23 is a pretty epic achievement um and nice symmetry as well bobby upton welcome to the midas touches thank you for having me guys i'm looking forward to it um it's great to have you where are you calling us from today so i'm calling you from home which is just outside newmarket um I probably should be at Edinburgh at university, but I'm not. Um, so yeah, that's where I am at home. Lovely. That must be pretty difficult sort of, you know, going to and from Edinburgh just for your riding. Yeah, I mean, you guys obviously were both Edinburgh, so you know it's hardly close to um, <laughs> Newmarket. But, but yeah, a lot of people ask me about that and um, it's not the usual university life, that is for sure. And kind of this term particularly, it's been a lot more difficult because I've just signed a really exciting new sponsor and he's also just sent me some amazing new rides. So I have to be at home a lot more. So I'm basically just at university on a Monday and a Tuesday for my lectures and then Jeez. fly back on a Wednesday morning. So not really living the living the uni life at the moment which is a shame but it's it's worth it i guess do they do they sort of let you do that are they quite like accommodating with that or not um with the university and not particularly accommodating no, no. so <laughs> if i'm not there i have to get a formal leave of absence every time um, really so yeah so i had a bad accident in the summer um and i wasn't at university for four weeks or whatever because I was doing yeah. rehab and etc and I thought that was just fine um that I could do it from home because it was still online at that point and they basically said if you don't turn up then you get kind of chucked off yeah so no they're not accommodating no <laughs> really not um let's go back to the start how did you get into eventing because I mean it's quite a niche sport right like not um, not everyone I... does it so it'd be great to hear the story right from the uh right from its birth well how do i get into venting so i've kind of ridden for as long as i can remember basically um it's not a very interesting or wacky story in particular basically <laughs> myself my brother and my sister all rode when we were younger did the whole pony club shenanigans and all of that and then they luckily gave up to my parents relief and then I never did basically so we just horses were in my family and I apparently was all right at it so yeah. I carried on and you've now got I saw 
you've just been labeled as the 23rd best in the world age yeah, age, my... age 23 i know i hope it doesn't carry on going with my age <laughs> <laughs> yeah Point. I bet you've I bet you've had to say that. I bet a lot of people have made that joke and you've made that joke back to them. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I have. It's quite a good one actually. Like it's yeah. been repeated a few times. <laughs> um but yeah, no, really exciting. Um big year coming up because I graduated from university, so then I'm going professional, giving it a go. Nice. Trying to get those Olympic rings and yeah. God, that's cool. exciting. So what I mean, when is the next Olympics? So Paris is 2024 and then Los Angeles is 2028. Um, so Paris is a goal. Yeah. Not a very realistic goal, but I don't really care about setting potentially unrealistic goals. But Los Angeles would be a, yeah, a real target for myself and I my team. That. That'd be pretty cool. Go out to and LA for the Olympics. I mean, are there, I mean, the guys I remember, like Charlotte Dujardin, she's still doing it? Yeah, yeah. She does dressage, yeah. And Mary King? Is that a person? Was... God, good knowledge, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I used to I used to watch it when I was on the Olympics. Like it was the sport that my mum would take, you know, she'd absolutely love watching it. Yeah. So I'd just be sat there for like two hours. Yeah. Not really knowing how the scoring system worked or anything. But well, it is quite complicated. It's quite interesting you say that, because I'm actually writing my dissertation on on that whole the whole thing and the common theme is that people don't understand the sport so maybe when i've left university and i've got all this time on my hands i might go into the governance definitely <laughs> is it like is it hard to understand or is it just that people don't really look into it at all no i think that is an issue i think that really is an issue and i think for me obviously i've grown up with it so i get it and i don't particularly see it as an issue but i think that having done studies on it which is not normal for kind of fellow eventers because they all leave school at kind of 16 and go professional then so what i'm doing yeah. and actually looking into the sport is yeah. is quite rare but yeah what what has been kind of identified is that yeah it's not understandable enough for for the likes of you guys yeah. hence why it's not followed highly enough the one thing i do love though is how all of the fences have like really cool decorations and yeah, they're that's... all like <laughs> you know <laughs> london bridge or something will be a that's, i love that that's a great touch and probably won't be that i'm entire. glad that's your take yeah yeah from the sport <laughs> <laughs> um just going quickly back to the olympics thing do you think because obviously loads of people who go to the olympics they get those the olympic rings tattooed onto them <laughs> would that be would you do that if you got in i mean if i went to the olympics i'd be up for it if i won gold then i think it yes. has to be done yeah okay so can yeah. we we're gonna hold you yeah, to that <laughs> are you yeah we're gonna oh, hold you crap. to that that's a podcast promise <laughs> yeah we're well, now gonna be on spotify yeah, yeah. and apple music oh god yeah, there's evidence <laughs> on i'll it. get on the bottom of my toe and it'll rub off so it's fine then <laughs> so you've got to get it on your bicep yeah, like yeah, yeah. um <laughs> like ricky <laughs> fowler or something yeah adam pt that's it um quite different to ricky fowler very different um you mentioned quickly your accident that happened last summer i remember seeing sort of pictures of you in hospital what happened so I basically had a bad fall from a young horse training at home. It was what we call a rotational fall. So basically hit the fence and it flipped and landed straight square on top of me. And I broke my back in eight places um, oh from God. T6 to T9 on both sides. And then oh. my collarbone as well, which was, yep. So it was a good. Just to, good, um, just to finish it off, the collarbone. Yeah, just just to finish it off, yeah. And I'd never broken a bone until then. So it was like, why not do nine in one go? 
what were you thinking when you were you know lying on the ground horse just falling on top of you well i was knocked out cold for a while so when i woke up couldn't really breathe so i was kind of a bit more concerned about that and then and then i i, I couldn't really move not in terms oh. of like a paralysis sense but in the sense of just the pain i'm i'm a pretty tough cookie but <laughs> it was pretty damn sore was the horse um, okay yeah. yeah the horse ran off back home he was all right jack That's good. and just <laughs> left me just left you there <laughs> Uh, I actually had one more question as well uh, on the whole eventing yeah. topic. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Ashid Murphy on the podcast. Uh, yeah. You may have seen. And um, he said that if he hadn't become a jockey, he would have wanted to pursue a career in eventing. So I just wanted to know, Did he? do you think mm. Ashid Murphy would be any good at eventing? Probably is the answer. But... Um, do I think I should? I think you'd have to have a few few lessons on the flat like doing the dressage i know he's done a bit of jumping hasn't yes, he which yeah. he loves um i think he would have the need for speed wouldn't he but i yeah i don't know i have to <laughs> i have to assess it myself well maybe we can um hook that up over the summer yeah yeah that yeah, arrange and, a collab. Yeah, we're and gonna, Bobby and Oshin can be going to LA together <laughs> for the Olympics. That'd be quite <laughs> Maybe we should be the coaches of the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can be the instigators of the whole thing. Yeah, wow. yeah exactly. Um, let's go on to the races that we've asked you to look at for yeah this weekend. Um, we've asked you first to look at the Denman Chase for our listeners who haven't listen to this before we ask our guests to pick three horses from three races we give them it tells us a bit about them as a person and also oh, their God. horse racing knowledge <laughs> so just far away no pressure um the horse for the 225 actually sorry just quickly before this bubby are you obviously you're big into your horses but are you into racing specifically and jumps racing so i love following racing i um ride out with in the summer with a with a string um but and I, I watch a lot of jump racing etc but i wouldn't know a whole lot so my picks are definitely not off uh knowledge and facts <laughs> <laughs> off random reasons so i feel like i'm gonna be judged that's me, good but... no well i mean when ollie bell came on he proved that actually you know you can put as much time and effort into sort of studying form and whatnot and someone will back Tiger Roll because they went to India and saw a tiger once mm. and um, they'll come out with far more money than he will. Yeah, so yeah. Um, whatever reasons you've chosen, it's absolutely yeah. fine. And they're good reasons. Yeah. yeah. Far away with okay. the first race. Yeah. Okay, so the first race, um, maybe a bit um, cliche, but I picked Clan Dezobo because I've heard of him and yeah. I don't know a whole lot. And because was he in the Grand National? He was in the King George. The, it was the King George. Okay. There would have been an Alpha, um, an Alpha Desobo, which yeah, would have yeah, been in the, in the Grand National. Okay. Well, I've heard of him for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be rude not to pick him because I've heard of him. Um, so yeah, I went for him in well the first up. race. Three o'clock at Newbury. Three o'clock. I went for Hitman because trained by Paul Nichols. And I thought bit of a legend. So got to go for one trained by... Paul Nichols, the legend. Even though is Clan is Clan Zobo trained by Paul Nichols as well. He is, yes. <laughs> who who is actually yeah. um, in a in a shocking bout of form at the moment. Yeah, yeah, Paul yeah. Nichols. Paul, I know I did read that, but 
I did read that in like I think it was online or somewhere. Oh, but in the horse his and hound past but... form. I'm gonna go on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give him a chance. So yeah, so the recent form hasn't put you off at all. Recent form. Do you know what? I I did think about it, but I also thought. I kind of thought you know. Form is temporary. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. See, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to support him and give him a chance to redeem himself. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're forgiving him. And then finally, yeah. in the 335 uh, at Newbury, which I... is a bit of a minefield. Yeah, I know. There was quite a lot to pick from there. Um, I was umming and ahhing, but I went for I like to move it because, firstly, good name. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, yeah, secondly, Twist and Davies double act, I thought. Yeah. Must be pretty. Deadly double act. Which actually, when my sister came on, she backed Earl of the Cotswolds because they were father and son combination. Yeah, yeah. And that won. And did 14, it win? It won at 14 to 1. So I think we could be on to another one there. I hope so. <laughs> and I also competed at, the, um, at their family home in the summer. So why not? Yeah, oh, nice. you've got to support them. Yeah. Um, Bobby, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on. Um, very best of luck with the rest of the season. We can't wait to watch you, uh, hopefully in the Olympics in France. Yeah, I got to think and then that. also we'll be flying out to LA with a sheen <laughs> to watch you both out there. Um, thank you so much for coming on and hopefully we'll see you uh, back on the Midas Touches very soon. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully I get to Paris because it'll be a bit of a cheaper flight than Los Angeles. True, true. <laughs> awesome. Let's leave that there for now. Uh, let's go for a little break and then we'll see you guys back here after the music. Welcome back. What a great interview that was. Yeah, I mean, God, I didn't even know about that injury. Uh, so I was, wow, I mean, fair play for it to come out. And also 23rd best in the world is really cool. If I, was, if I was 23rd best in the world at anything, I'd be really happy. So Maybe you should just like, find a really niche thing that no one else does. And then what if 20, yeah, if 20, <laughs> yeah. like 23 people would do it? And I could probably be like cave diving. No, there's loads. Have you seen? Okay, well, there's only like 23 good ones. But they're, yeah, but they're good. really good. Yeah. They don't really like small spaces either. So. Yeah. Well, that's probably, probably not the career for you then. Um, back by popular demand, we're going to tip some horses. Uh, we're going to go through the three races which we've just covered with Bubby. So hopefully, if her selections don't win, maybe ours will. Let's start with the 225 at Newbury, the Denman Chase. God, it feels good to do this again. Kalander Zobo leads the market at evens. Raw Pagai, 5-2. Imperial Aura, 7s. Eldorado Allen at 10s. Durasha Counter, back after two years off the track. 25-1. to one. Yeah. What do you see? Oh, God, I'm going to be really boring. Because obviously, so we're back tipping now. And um, what I'm going to say about the first race we're covering is that it's a no-bet race for me. I basically, and the theory, and we spoke, did speak about this off air, but my theory is more or less... Clan Zobo probably should win this, but at evens is probably not a nice price. Your second favourite yeah. in the market, Royal Bagai, 
has the potential to win this, though again is not a nice price. I I wouldn't back Royal Bagana. And on this going as well. He's more of a heavy ground horse, isn't he? Exactly, uh, as many of Venetia Williams' horses are. So, uh, yeah, there's an angle maybe to look at Eldorado Allen for a place, but I would probably steer clear of that just just because the top two look strong enough. So, yeah, I don't don't think it's a bet for me, but I'm sure you're going to have some good insight. Thanks for that tip. Great tip. (laughs) No bet from Charlie. Um, Yeah, I would back up what you say. I think Clan Desobo, back him at evens, you're just... Um, tempting getting your your fingers burnt there because uh, Paul Nichols, for all that he is an unbelievable trainer, is in shocking form at the moment. He's had one winner from his last 37 runners, uh, which for the mathematicians among you is a 3% strike rate, which for the uh, champion trainer is just shocking. So I thought that I was going to take our chance on Eldorado Allen, who is unexposed at this longer distance. Uh, never run over this distance before. He's been running in very good races this season. Um, best result on reappearance, beating Hitman, who runs later on the card. Mm. Last time, he was second behind Mr. Fisher in a trappy contest. They were miles clear of the third um, in the Sylvignac Conti uh, at Kempton. I think anything can happen in this race. And for me, he's a solid horse. And I think he's going to be the value to place uh, when you're playing against Paul Nichols stables very poor form cool hopefully Eldorado Allen runs into a place it'll only be two of them because there aren't many runners but yeah um, three o'clock at Newbury do you, want me to go, do you want me to go through the field let's give you the iPad yeah and then you can go through the I'll field I'll go through it I there quite like doing this it's a nice <laughs> iPad isn't it it well yeah it's new it's yeah. for Tris's birthday so happy birthday Tris thank you I didn't give it to him <laughs> that'd be a nice present yeah, it would so Oh, we got a new favourite at the top of the market. Three o'clock at Newbury. The market is now well, it's jointly headed by Hitman for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden, two to one. And So Royale for Alan King and James Byrne, two to one also. We've then got the informed Venetia Williams in behind with Funambul Civila, who's a bit of a friend of the podcast, uh, having tipped that horse up, I think, for the Peterborough chase. Never actually ran, but... Uh, has one since and then you've got Sky Pirate John Joe Neal and Nick Schofield on board the outside of the field at 5-1 to one. so Tress where do you go here I actually had a good look at this race chose one which was Fernambul Cibola yep. and then went against what I thought and the reason for that is partly because of the fact that I can't tell if this one likes heavy ground or wants good ground I guess we'll find out this weekend I think definitely two miles good trip um, first two runs of season were over two mile four and comes back at that minimum trip again so the two miles here which um, you know we'll see what happens but for me I think this is So Royale's champion chase this this race is the one that he's been geared up for uh, won it last year Alan King's horse has been really good form uh, he's been freshened up having, having run um, after quite a short layoff at uh, Cheltenham finishing sixth of seven and you know having shown really good form at the start of the season and then run in a, a really good race against Epitante not so sleepy over hurdles I think yeah. back over fences here we're going to see a big run from him and I think Simon um, Munir and Isaac Swade are going to be happy as Larry on Saturday night so, so do you think he's better over hurdles just quickly or, or, I, or I think jumps? I think I mean he's rated five pounds better over over 
the chase. So I think comparatively, that probably means he's better over hurdles, weirdly. It's hard, it's harder to get a higher rating over hurdles see, as it is really, over yeah. fences. Um, but I don't know, to be honest. I would have thought he's pretty equal. And just the fact that it's his first run over chases this season, I think, as an older horse, he's going to have experience. And, you know, he's proven at the track and the distance. Well, he's so. definitely, yeah, he's definitely got experience. So why not? And you're right, that, that run in behind Epitome was, was very interesting it was very cool yeah. uh, for a start but it was also yeah it was a good run so i i can see i can see sorrel going well certainly i do like Fernando Sevilla though so i i yeah i don't know i want to agree with you but mm. we like Fernando Sevilla on this podcast yeah. so it's a very open race though it is an open race um another open race is the final one that we're going to be looking at before i ask for charlie's nap the 335, which is arguably the big one of the weekend, the Betfair hurdle. It's definitely going to be the biggest betting race of the weekend. A um, lot of money for Broomfield Berg so far, who heads the market at fives. JPR one sixes, Soaring Glory sevens, Nappers Hill 15 to two, Boot Hill nines, tens for 50 ball, who came second in it last year. Jetois, who was second behind Constitution Hill at 11s. Uh, and they're 12 to 1 bar those, um, including Tritonic, who's quite good, and Glory and Fortune, who I think we've who both tipped second, yeah. um, on this yeah. podcast at least once. Yeah. Uh, where did your um, your tip fall upon here? What, so actually, can I just quickly say before I do give my selection, this is the like kind of race that makes me really confused about jumps racing because it kind of feels as though you've got like really young horses like unexposed horses going up against like actually graded horses yeah and i feel on the on the flat you don't really get that do you i mean no you don't I, like I, I this is what we i i find it very hard to read these kind of races because you're like well there's these really big up and comers against these sort of like hardened yeah like, you know like like say soaring glory for example like yeah. soaring glory is one of those horses who's who's been there in graded company uh yeah. and maybe not like right at the top but still doing really well but where I would, well, where I'd go here, I think, is JPR1. And Interesting. This, this is only really based on whispers. I remember hearing very good things about this horse uh, last time out. Was it Chepstow when he won last time out? Actually, Taunton. But it, Taunton. Yeah, Taunton, um, but, you know, west. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere <laughs> so, over there. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, no, I remember hearing really good things about this horse and he duly obliged and uh won in good fashion at about five to six i think yeah and yeah i just think i'd you know it's tricky i wouldn't i wouldn't have a big bet because it's it, uh, an unexposed horse in a race like exactly like we just said like yeah. against some probably more experienced types but actually i think i'd rather take a punt on an unexposed or you know a small bet on an unexposed horse though admittedly the price isn't amazing but yeah i'll go for G, um, jpr1 in this one nice what about you um, I actually quite like Napper's Hill. I know yeah. that we have sort of brought to note the fact that Paul Nichols' horses aren't in very good form. Um, but this one looked like a proper superstar at the end of last season. Um, in December of 2020, beat Stage Star, who we know won that grade one uh, only sort of a month ago, which was seriously impressive form. Um, but actually, the most recent piece of form, I think, is really significant. 
where he was third behind John Bon and mm. Colonel Mustard at Ascot. We all know how good John Bon's meant to be. Um, but Colonel Mustard is also really interesting because at that point he was rated 144. R1 was running off level weights with that one. We finished two and a half lengths behind. Um, in theory, there was 14 pounds between them on the handicapper. Now we're off 135. So by my calculation, we've got a little bit of uh, of weight in hand here. Mm. And with LA Bell winning a listed race today at Huntingdon, oh, really? that was the horse who finished behind Napa's Hill in that John Bond race at Ascot. So that's another boost to the form. Yeah. And we love LA Bell. We love LA, LA Bell as well. Um, for all, you know, Paul Nichols is in bad form. I really think that Napa's Hill could be the one this weekend that drags him from the pits of despair into the winner's enclosure and people are going to sort of pour champagne on him um and uh you know maybe me as well yeah, yeah. having just having just sort of disparaged him earlier in the episode and saying he's in <laughs> form. yeah you're, you're now you're now saying that he will we're going to be drinking business to, we're going to be drinking together on on saturday afternoon well, <laughs> I, I, hope, can't I, wait. Hope, I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast because he might punch you on saturday if yeah he, if he and then he'll back my tip which is his horse because he thinks it's going to win as well oh. um that was great Good. nap for the weekend Nap. Well, it's not. It's not at Newbury. You'll be sad to hear. I couldn't find any two mile four chases at Newbury, so <laughs> I had to look elsewhere. Uh, my naps are at Warwick in the three fifteen. Uh, I would say. Well, first off, I'd say the fave in this race uh, is going to need heavy ground. Um, a, a recruit from France who looks a good horse and could actually be really well in, but I would suggest would like it heavier and it's currently good soft. So. Um, I don't know if rain's forecast, but we'll see. Uh, I one worry I would have, and I haven't. I know I haven't mentioned my horse yet, but one worry I would have is I think there might be a few who want to go forward here. Can't like I think there's a couple who, who like to lead, uh, which may not help my selection. And if that is the case, then you got Jackamar, the Milton Harris trained horse, who we remember one pick, picked up the pieces in that race on um, Boxing Day. On Boxing Day, correct? Yeah. Uh, and um, that his style really suit a strong pace, so maybe he'll he'll have a good chance if that's the case. Uh, but the one I did want to go for, and it's the rank outside of the field, and that's uh, Lieutenant Rocco. Um, I think. Well, I think I think he shouldn't be the outside of the field for a start. Yeah, it makes not much sense to me. Bar perhaps the the, and we we have said it before. Bar perhaps the the trainers um less well known um which I always find a bit ridiculous and actually it's kind of helpful when you're punting because it, it like you know it gives you a better price um he is back to his last winning mark of 140 and that was only um the time before last uh where he won off that uh he's also a previous winner at Warwick and the only one at that in the field uh one slight concern he hasn't won at the distance um but he is one over further and shorter so he's done it all really uh and yeah i think 16 to one's overpriced i don't know if you can see any bigger but 16 to one's overpriced 18s okay 18 to one perfect i think they're both overpriced and uh he's got some really good form ties as well with the likes of like chantry house and horses like that uh and he's only seven and he's only seven and very lightly raced which is the other thing i think a lot of these are sort of sliding down the weights a bit so um well admittedly he is taking a weight drop but like you know. yeah 
uh, in theory, he should still be rising. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I think he should be getting better. So, Lieutenant Rocco in the 315 at Warwick is my nap. Perfect. And what a good way to tie up another great episode of the Midas Touches. We hope you guys have enjoyed it. We hope you've enjoyed hearing Bubby's stories, um, which were very interesting. For now, though, that's all from us. Uh, We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. It's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye. Bye, guys.